Welcome to the Steve Stein Guitar Podcast, brought to you by GuitarZoom.com. If you want to improve your guitar playing, keep listening. If you want to improve even faster, go to GuitarZoom.com, where you'll find all of Steve's premium courses, masterclasses, and memberships that'll help you quickly and easily improve your playing. Now, here's your host, Steve Stein. If all of that makes sense, now let's move on to kind of the final level of this, which is the chords themselves. So when this E chord is being played, okay, if I know anything about my theory, and it's okay if you don't, but if I know anything about my theory, I know my notes of that chord are E, G sharp, and B, my root third and fifth. That's what makes up that chord. And when I go to my guitar, either I know where my E's are, my G sharps are, or my B's are across the fretboard, or at least in whatever position I'm playing it. Now, the truth is, and let's be honest, the truth is a lot of guitar players don't visualize their fretboard that way. They're not seeing the E's and G sharps and B's all over the fretboard. Well, what can you do? Well, there's a really easy way of doing this, and I call it chord chasing. What you're going to do is you're going to visualize E chords on your guitar. Now, this might take some practice on your chords, like you might not do your chords very well. And again, you might have to write that down. Learning where your chords are on your guitar is going to help you enormously to have more opportunity to make these musical melodic connections. I know E is here, but if I'm soloing up here in E major pentatonic or, or here for E, you know, major E Ionian, right? If you know what that is. This doesn't really equate to this. I need a chord in this position so I can interact with it. I could see my fifth string E major bar chord sitting here. That'd be a good one to go to. So I'm seeing seven, nine, 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 seven. Okay, which is my root, my fifth, my root, my major third, and then the fifth all over again. And it's okay if you don't know that. What you do know, if you know your fifth string bar chords, is you can see the E major chord sitting right there. Seven, nine, 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 seven. So as you're playing, that note is part of the E chord. That note is part of the E chord. That part note is part of the E chord. That note is part of the E chord. You see, you can see it sitting right there. When that E chord is being played, you could go to any of those notes and make a connection, and it's going to work, whether you know that it's a root, third, fifth, or not. This is where, again, students will get in this trap because they're like, well, you know, someone told me I have to learn my theory and I have to learn my notes on the fretboard. Listen, that's all great. And you should learn your theory and you should learn your notes on your fretboard. I think that's wonderful. But you don't have to wait to learn how to solo until you've spent five years learning all that stuff, right? I encourage you to learn those things. I've learned those things and I think it'd be great if you do too. But in the meantime, while you're learning those things, learn to visualize these chords on your guitar and make these connections, okay? So there's my E. Now let's make a connection to A too so we can actually kind of interact here. So we've got an A chord sitting down here. That doesn't really do me a lot of good, okay? We have an A bar chord sitting here. Again, that doesn't... I mean, it's closer, but it still doesn't do me a lot of good. Now, if that's all the chords you know, you know your fifth string up here, which is kind of okay, that's not bad. But I'm going to introduce you, we're not going to get into it in this course, but there's a system called the caged chording system, C-A-G-E-D. And I would highly recommend that you learn that if you've never learned that before, because what it does is it enables you to see chords across the entire fretboard in all the positions, okay? So again, this isn't a course on the cage system. I have courses on the cage system that I would highly recommend that you check out. But what I could do is I could visualize A here. I could visualize A here. Although it's kind of hard to play, but it would be here. 
and I could visualize A here, and visualize A here, and visualize A here. Now again, if you've ever done the cage before, the cage thing I'm talking about, I'm not worried about whether you can physically play these very well. What I care about is can you visualize this system on your guitar? Because if you can visualize it, which is really what arpeggios are anyway, but if you can visualize it, then you can go, okay, so I need to see an A chord. Well, this one's too low. There's an A there, even though it's really hard to play, but I can see it. And then there's my six string bar chord, but that's too low for me right now. But if I come up to this one, okay, now I'm getting in the area where I want to solo. This is what we call the D shape of the A chord that I'm playing. But this is the one I'm looking for is the C shape. So that, again, don't stress out if you don't know what this is, okay? I'm just telling you that if you learn that cage chording system, that could help you enormously with this. So now I'm visualizing an A chord right here. I'm going to play 12, 11, 9, 10, 9, and then 12. So I'm visualizing the A major right there. So I have E major here, specifically that, that, and that are the three notes that I'm really thinking of. And then my A sitting right there. And again, really, kind of those notes are the ones I'm really thinking of because they're interacting with, there's my E, and there's my A sitting right there. So now if I start this over, here comes A. See how all of a sudden it's sounding more like music. I'm using that phrasing from my meandering. I'm making these connections to these chords. And boom, all of a sudden it starts sounding more and more like music. And believe me, that's where the music lives. That's where this stuff is, okay? I don't care who you talk to that would be a professional guitar player. There's two camps of players. There's those camps that are faking their way and hoping that it sounds good. And sometimes it sounds great, but sometimes it doesn't. And then there are those players that have spent time trying to develop an understanding of the relationship between the music and the guitar, which is what we're doing. You don't have to know all your theory. You don't have to memorize all the notes on the fretboard. You don't have to know all your scales. Obviously, those things could help you, right? I can't even say that they will. It depends. It depends on how you use this stuff. My point is, you don't just keep saying, someday I'm going to learn how to do this when I've learned that. You have to get your feet wet. You got to jump in and go, all I know is pentatonic at this point, but I understand what Steve is saying. So let's start trying to figure out how to make this work. And then I have also made notes that I need to go back and learn my cage system. I need to practice my technique better. I need to be able to do those 16th notes. I need to learn some more about theory. I want to learn where my notes are on the fretboard. These are all great things. But you don't have to be overwhelmed and say, I have to do all of those things before I ever learn how to solo. Hopefully in 10 years, I'll get there. You don't have to do that. You can do it now and then push yourself into these other areas, okay, along with doing this. That's what preparation is all about. If that makes sense, now let's go into the actual part of the song, which is the E, B, C sharp minor, A thing, which is coming up here. I want to show you this.
Let me move that back just a little bit, show you this. Now, I'm not playing that exact on purpose, but you get the idea. The melodies are in there. Now, if you were to sit and look at that and think about... You're going to start seeing how some of that applies to chord connection, right? But there's also repetition. Obviously, there's going to be repetition. That's something that guitar players always forget about because we're not singers. We're, we're just trying to make all these connections. Sometimes you'll make a connection, a melodic connection, and it'll sound really good to your ears. Do it again. Even if the E isn't the E and the A isn't the A, maybe that melodic connection is something that stands out and it sounds really, really, really nice, right? And that's where repetition comes in, a theme, if you will, okay? So now you are doing something that's similar in rhythm, or you're doing something that's similar with pitch. I mean, I always go back to like Joe Satriani with, um... If you know that song, Always With Me, Always With You. It's such a beautiful melody, and it's established. It's not like Joe Cetriani just went, oh, I'm just going to improvise, and then that's what he played. He sat and looked at those chords and came up with this idea that he really liked. It became Always With Me, Always With You. And we as guitar players can do the same thing in this preparation that we talk about. Our world isn't just about improvisation. We want to learn to improvise. That's what we're talking about here. In our improvisation, sometimes what happens is we extract ideas that can become a composition, a written idea. And the reason I'm telling you this is, you know, right now we're dealing with this chord progression in this particular kind of song. But in your world, maybe you play in a band where you guys write songs, or you write your own songs, or whatever it might be. A really great way of approaching coming up with ideas is you record that chord progression, whatever it is you're playing over, and then you loop it or play it, you know, record yourself playing it 10 times or 20 times or whatever. And you sit and you try and do these things that we're talking about right now over the top of it. And if something strikes you, you go, wait, 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 I kind of like that. And you go back and try it again. And you start building around it. Maybe the building is that thing over and over and over. Maybe the building is that thing that connects to something else, you see? So a lot of times when I'm hired to play on a recording of somebody's record or whatever it might be, somebody's recording, and they send me the track, the first thing I do is exactly what I just told you. I'll listen to the part I'm going to be soloing over. I don't really need the rest of the song unless I'm trying to make a bigger connection to a melody that's in a chorus or something like that, then of course I should listen to the whole thing. Otherwise, sometimes it can be a distraction because it'll put me on the wrong pace, depending on what the artist wants. So I'll listen to that part that I'm going to be soloing over, over and over and over, get all these ideas in my head. What key am I in? What scale am I going to be using? You know, what are my options in terms of technicality? What can I do? And then I go in there and I start jamming over the top. And if it needs to be a real jammed impromptu feel, I'm not going to jam over it a lot of times because they want something that's real raw and not developed. I'm going to use one of the first takes that I do. If they want it more developed, then I'm going to keep jamming over the top of it and start trying to kind of 
become aware of things in there that I liked and go, oh, I'm going to keep that. I always call it plotting points if you've ever heard me talk about this, where I might come up with three or four ideas that I really like. And then in between those ideas, I improvise meandering, licks, whatever it might be to get me from this idea to here. And even the more I practice that, the meandering becomes more structured. So eventually, it's not that it's completely written, but there's certainly a concept there that I can repeat to a certain degree. You know, the notes might not be exact in these little spots. Or maybe they do become that. My point is, is that the more you do this, the better you get at it, which is why I wanted to make this for you and explain this entire process to you. Hey, it's Steve from Guitar Zoom, and I'd like to invite you to get on a wait list to claim one of 500 Guitar Zoom golden tickets on January 13th at 5 a.m. Pacific. Now, if you're one of the lucky guitar players who snags a Guitar Zoom golden ticket, you're going to get one year access to every single guitar course, masterclass, VIP lesson, tab book, and jam track that I've ever created for a huge discount to celebrate the new year. Now, this will be your last chance to get a golden ticket until Black Friday 2023, and that's 11 months from now. And the last time we did this, they sold out. So click the button near this video to get on the wait list and get a one-hour head start to claim your Guitar Zoom golden ticket on January 13th at 5 a.m. Pacific. If you enjoyed today's podcast and want to learn guitar even faster, go to guitarzoom.com and click the Get Started button to get access to courses that are right for your interest and skill level. Again, go to guitarzoom.com and click the Get Started button.